Ooh, we're back. Okay, so um, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll talk about the Rooney Rule, um, quarterbacks, coaches. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into depth. Uh, we might even get into a little NBA talk today. Uh, let's, we're going to get real, you know, so, so rack us up to talk about today. Um, we're going to come back on here. So without further ado, we're going to get it started, going to get it rolling. Let's go. Are you guys ready? I'm ready to take you guys on an audio adventure. Okay, so you know, as we all we as we've been doing since 2020, we're gonna start off with something, a little something, a little quote or saying, and it's fear. But is that what you think? Fear is false expectations appearing real. That's all fear is: false expectations appearing real. So let's get into um, today. Let's get into today. Let's get into it. <clears throat> Welcome back, uh, episode 73, I think this will be episode 73, um, so I come to here, so I've been asked this question um, a lot, I've been asked this question a lot, and it's been like this, who do you think is the best young quarterback, or who do you think is the best quarterback, and I don't answer that, I don't like to usually talk about best quarterback, because then you know people go into stats and numbers, like some stats, like some numbers, but if you really like are into the numbers and analytics and stats, you can use them and you can use your you can use and put numbers the way how you want to use them to fit your argument and arguably that's what you should do. But what I do with judging quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks and elite quarterbacks and you know separating the elite from good and the good from okay and then from the okay from just this dude cannot play in the NFL. Uh I usually like to see what you can overcome. Problems. Problem solving. Cuz that's what the NFL is all about. It's about overcoming. Overcoming obstacles, overcoming situations and circumstances and things may not be perfect all the time. That's that is what the NFL is all about. That is that is all the NFL is about. Overcoming Obstacles, situations, problems, and as the franchise guy, if you're, you know, that caliber, that's what they tend to do. They tend to overcome certain situations that may not look as favorable in your hand or in, you know, in your vision, in your view, perspective. But franchise guys overcome things. And this is why I was so amazed 
And this is why I, I, I praised Carson Wentz so much. Because he showed the ability to overcome. You I mean, you know, that, that MVP season, that season where he got hurt, and we always refer back to Carson Wentz, and we like, oh, this is this is like Carson Wentz at his peak. He was he was going to be the the league's MVP. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he didn't have a great season that year, but I feel like this year, especially coming down the stretch, he showed me more because that year, you know, his receivers were healthy, his O line was good, his running game was good, defense was playing well, coach was coaching well, making all the right calls. Yeah, that's easy. I mean, that, it's not. I mean, it's not easy, but that's good. But I mean, it's not as it's not as impressive to me, because he didn't really have to overcome anything. Good old line, good receivers, got a, a reliable ta- ta- a reliable t- target, and Zach Ertz defense playing well. Not really much. Not real. You know, not real too shabby. Great season. Put up great numbers, but. Wasn't really impressed. What I was impressed with Carson Wentz this year was no running game, really. Not really, you know, not much to talk about. Defense, uh, shaky at times. Gave up 30-plus points to Miami, but we're not going to talk about that. Receivers, banged up, not always there. O-line, uh, protection, uh, shaky. Guys hurt. You know, whatever the situation was, or whatever the situation, you know, with the Eagles, which was mainly injuries and health being a problem and concern, Carson Wentz overcame that. So when people say, oh, Lamar Jackson's great, you you notice, like, these last few years, and we do it, they do in NBA circles and NBA media do it as well, because we're doing it with Luka Dantas right now, that which I'm going to talk about um, later. But NBA, NFL, we always do it. You know, the media, we always do it. You know, we, we find a new shiny toy, and we talk about that. That's exactly what's going on right now with Lamar Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson. I th- and, I, and, yeah, I, I do think his play style is sustainable. I think, he will, I think he will have to learn how to slide instead of taking so many shots, slide or get out of bounds, more like Russell Wilson. Um, and, you know, as far as a, a, a outside, a boundary thrower, like a, a outside the numbers thrower, he'll have to improve on that. But as far as, like, is this sustainable? Yeah, I think it's very much sustainable. But just like we do with any other guy, and I noticed, and I really have noticed it these last three years, Carson Wentz, just, you know, that year Carson Wentz, 2016, what, 2016, he went on, or oh, 17, went on that. He had that tremendous run, uh, you know, 14 games in. Carson wins the MVP. Carson wins that. Carson wins this. He looks good. Everybody loved Carson Wentz. And he was playing, playing well. Eagles winning. You know, Eagles were the best team in the NFC. He had, the, he had great numbers. You know, and we, we do it every year. The following year, it was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, oh my God, this, that, nice arm, shiny toy. I agree. I love all three guys. I love Lamar, Mahomes, and Carson Wentz. But we did it last year with, with Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, Patrick Mahomes is this and that. Patrick Mahomes is this. He got a big arm. Got the sidearm throws. He throws without looking. You know, we love Patrick Mahomes. And now we're doing it this year with Lamar Jackson. 
Ooh, Lamar Jackson's so fast. So shifty. He's like a, he's breaking ankles. And I love Lamar Jackson. But we always find, we always fall for the new shiny toy. But guys, my franchise, I want to see what you can overcome. And Carson Wentz, I feel like this year, especially down the stretch, this year, he showed me a lot more. He, he, I was a little bit more impressed this year on what he did this year than what he did two years before. Because two years before, you know, O-line was protecting well, good O-line, good young O-line, running game not bad, receivers are healthy at least. Defense playing well. But this year, he had a little bit more controversy around him. You know, everybody was doubting him. You know, it was, was, getting, Nick Foles, get, was getting rid of Nick Foles the wrong, wrong choice. Everybody just doubted Carson Wentz. Well, some. I'm not going to say everybody. But some still had their questions about Carson Wentz. And rightfully so. Because he hasn't played in a playoff game. You know, even though he had the great season and he got the the Eagles there that 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 number one seed and that bye, still didn't still didn't know what he was. But I feel like he showed me a lot, and this is what I, this this is all I want. Like Carson, like Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, these guys overcome things. Deshaun Watson, he he does it on a weekly basis with with Houston. I told you guys this the pre- the previous episode. I said. I don't know how Houston do it. It's a classic Houston game. You know, they overcome a lot. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson overcome a lot. I think Houston's way too dependent on Car- on Deshaun Watson. They, they're way too dependent on him. Like, they need him to make a spectacular. They need to break him. They need, they need him to break sacks, break tackles, escape the pocket, you know, Throw a deep bomb, 40, 50 yarder to DeAndre Hopkins or Wolf, Will Fuller, and hope that they can't, like, they depend on Deshaun Watson way too much. But it's who he is. Deshaun Watson was who he is. I like him. I like him. And he's shown me already in his young career, he can overcome things. He overcomes situations. No matter how bad, you know, or I'm not going to say bad because. Bill O'Brien, you can't win. You can't continuously, you know, win a division, win 10, 11 games, win a playoff game, and, and be a bad coach. So Bill O'Brien's not a bad coach, but sometimes he gets out coached, and you know Deshaun Watson, he he has to overcome that, and Deshaun Watson have to overcome his O line. They allow what eight on Saturday. They allow eight sacks. Deshaun Watson got sacked eight times. Had to overcome that. Running game scarce, uh, had to overcome that. Defense gives up a lot of points in yardage, had to overcome that. Came back from a 16-point deficit. All I'm saying is, overcome some things. This is this is what makes this is what makes franchise quarterbacks. I mean, every 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 quarterback just doesn't come into the league like that. Like Dak, like Dak came into the league with an abundance of talent around him. Like you got the O line, got Zeke behind him, get receivers like. Everybody don't come into the league with all of it, with all of this help, and all of this support. This is why Andrew Luck is so high on my book because you go from from with the Colts, you come, you go from one and fifteen 
to 11-5, going to the playoffs every year on a yearly basis, winning playoff games, and eventually getting to the AFC title game with basically a subpar defense, if you guys can remember. No running game whatsoever. O-line was probably one of the worst in the league, and Andrew Luck still overcame all of those things. This is why Andrew Luck is so high in my book. You know, no, 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 no problem with Dak and Jared Goff, but Dak, he, he's had a lot of talent around him. And the same thing with Lamar Jackson. That's the, that's the, that, that I think, you know, if, if, if you was just nitpicking and wanted to see something else with Lamar Jackson, or you're not a, or you're, you're not a true believer yet, the thing with Lamar, he has a lot of talent around him. He has, I think he has 12 other pro bowlers around him. So there's a lot of talent around him. But what happens to Lamar when, you know, you take, you know, one, you know, a couple offensive linemen get hurt? You know, defense is not playing as well. They give up some points. They give up more points and yards than they usually do. Or, you know, one receiver goes down. One of those tight ends go down. What happens to Lamar? I'm not, say, I'm not saying he wouldn't thrive or he wouldn't play well, but I would just be curious to see what would happen. Because Mahomes has faced it. First year, Mahomes, everybody healthy. Defense, now, the first year, defense wasn't good, but the Chiefs were so explosive offensively where it was like, it, wouldn't, it doesn't even matter if their defense gives up 21, 24 points because their offense is going to score 30 or 35. So it doesn't even matter. But this year, Mahomes had to overcome a lot. Mahomes got hurt himself. Defense also wasn't playing well early, wasn't playing well early in, the, in the season. You know, running game kind of scares. Receivers, couple receivers went out, got hurt. So Mahomes had to overcome some things too. So he's shown me the ability to overcome things where it's not perfect. It's not all peaches and roses. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm asking. Brady and the great ones do it. The great, the, the great ones overcome. Russell Wilson, that's all he's been doing these last few years in Seattle. And it's a continuous trend this year. You know, that's all. I mean, before this year, Seattle's running game was uh, scarce. Defense uh, hit hit or miss. Receivers uh, still kind of making those. You know, I know everybody loves, all of a sudden loves DK Metcalf. I I, I, could have sworn coming out of the draft, everybody was like, oh, DK Metcalf, he's quick, he's he's athletic, he's strong, but he only can run run route. He only go on a run route. His footwork is not good. Russell Wilson turns him into a baller. And I like, I like DK Metcalf, but Russell Wilson obviously makes him better. Ru- Russell Wilson, I, I always say, you need guys. It, Dak, some guys in the league are good. Like, I think Jared Goff is good. I think Dak is good. I think those type of guys are good. Kirk Cousins is good. I think Kirk Cousins is good. But you have to obviously, you got to surround those type of guys with a, a with a, a a good supporting cast like Kirk Cousins, if he didn't have Dalvin Cook in a running game, and you took away one of those receivers, you know he's not as good. But when you have Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Mike Zimmer, good defense, like then you can you can win. you can do a lot with Kirk Cousins. You can win with Kirk Cousins. Same thing with Dak. I think Dak is good, but. 
that can have the O-line and Zeke and Amari Cooper. Like, come on. Come on now. But give Dak, Amari Cooper, O-line, Zeke. There you go. Voila. That, 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 Dak is good. And the same thing, I think the same thing can go for Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff. I think he's a little bit, I think he's a little bit, I think he's a better version, a little bit better version of Matt Ryan. Good, not athletic, not the most mobile guy, but strong arm, accurate, uh, very accurate at times. But he does need an O-line because he's not mobile, so he can't move. He needs, you know, it helps when he has a running game. And it also helps when you have, you know, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. You need those type of pieces, complimentary pieces around Jared Goff. Now, for quarterbacks like Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, you know, even though Breeze has good, a, a good supporting cast, doesn't necessarily needs it. He can overcome. He's shown me the ability to overcome. Aaron Rodgers has definitely shown me the, the ability to overcome. Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson has shown me the ability to overcome. So, this is all I mean with the franchise quarterback. When, you, when, you, when people ask me, hey, is this guy a franchise guy? Or is, is, um, you know, is he a good guy? Is he elite? Like, elite, for me, elite is you having the ability to overcome situations no matter, no matter what. I think Lamar Jackson c- could be an elite quarterback, but he's had an elite season. But everything has gone well for Baltimore this year. Guys are rarely hurt. Defense has been good for the most part of the year. Targets have been solid this year. So I like Lamar. And he's definitely the MVP this year. But let's just say, you know, next year, you know, a tight end gets hurt early in the season. Or a couple linemen get hurt early in the season. Or, or you know, you lose a good, a solid lineman. And you might lose somebody on defense. Then that's where Lamar, I think, will start to grow. But as of right now, it's really hard for me to... I think Lamar is good, and I, I could see him playing this game for a long time, uh, you know, around this same level. I don't think he's going to score 45 touchdowns every year, just like how Mahomes, I didn't think Mahomes going to throw 50 touchdowns again this year, but Mahomes is going to be playing, and he's going to be playing this league for a very long time, and I think the same thing about Lamar, and I think the same thing about Deshaun Watson, if Houston can keep him up right. I think those three guys will be playing this league for a very long time, and they're going to be the faces of the AFC as far as quarterbacking. So that's all I'm asking with Lamar. I like Lamar, but everything has pretty much gone perfect this year for him. And that is not how the NFL works usually. Usually you have a couple bumps and bruises throughout the season. Literally, you know, you, you, got, you have a couple key guys go down. And you ask, and some teams, most teams, ask their franchise quarterback, their quarterback, to take them there. To can you can you help us overcome this dead weight despite not having this guy and that guy? That's all. That's all. That's all. That that is all it is. But I like Lamar, and he's definitely the MVP this year. He's definitely the MVP this year. 
But having the ability to overcome situ- situations and obstacles in organizations is key to, to being an elite quarterback. It is key. And this is my thing with Baker. I didn't think Baker had the talent to overcome all the dysfunction that's going on in Cleveland. I think Baker's good. I don't, don't get me wrong. I think Baker's good. He's okay. But I don't think he has the talent to overcome dysfunction in Cleveland. Now, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a guy like Carson Wentz, uh, um, they have the talent to overcome certain obstacles of such. Mahomes, I mean, I mean, Patrick uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't. That's all. But that's that. That's that. That is my level of thinking when I'm when I when when I'm evaluating quarterbacks and when people ask me, "Oh, is this guy good or is he elite?" I think Dak is good, but he's not elite. I think Jared Goff is good, but he's not elite. Now I think Carson Wentz is somewhat borderline, almost elite. Because what he did these last four games, it, it showed like, okay, this guy, he has it. Same thing with Mahomes. Overcoming some obstacles this year, but was able to finish 12-4, and four, get the two seed. He showed you that he has it. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Bad defense, uh, running game scarce. Bill O'Brien, uh, iffy at times, overcomes it, wins playoff games. That's all. That's all it is. But I'll be back um, on the next segment. Get more talk. Um, great conversation. Okay, I want to touch base on this because this is a big, it's a big issue. You know, people can try to hide, you know, don't talk about it. It's a big issue right here in the NFL. It's a big issue. And, uh, you know, with a league of, a private institution of, you know, with league owners that's white and older and not really progressive. So we all know about the Rooney rule where it basically... you have to give minority coaches, black coaches, an opportunity at an interview for a head coaching job because there was a problem once, and it still is, that you know, black coaches, minority coaches are not getting the same treatment and not getting the same uh, opportunities and chances to have 
a head coaching job or land an interview at least in certain situations. Um, it's a big issue. It's a, it's a big issue, and it still is an issue. And this goes back to my Joe Judge point. Now, in no shape no in no shape or form am I blaming Joe Judge or am I or criticizing Joe Judge because he he was a wide receiver coach and he got and he automatically got a head coaching job with the Giants. Now he's not the problem. You know, I, I still I don't I don't like Giants because of football reasons. You know, with the Giants, because of football reasons, because he's he, he hasn't had no coaching experience. He hell, he hasn't even been a coordinator. He's only been a position coach. So that's higher for the Giants. But, but this guy, that you, first of all, no way, shape, or form, you're gonna, you never, you're never gonna, you're never gonna see. A, a black position coach in the NFL go from black go from position coach to head coach. Like this guy Joe Judge went from position coach to head coach, and not just head coach, uh, you know, with any franchise. No, he went from head coach to you know position coach to head coach in the in in New York City in New York. The Giants. He went from position coach to head coach, coaching the Giants. New York. Like, New York is one of the biggest media capitals, if not the biggest media capital, capital in the U.S. It's, by, it's the biggest media capital, capital in the U.S. and one of the biggest media capitals in the world. And he is the coach. And he went from position coach to NFL coach or head coach. You would never find that with a black coach. That would, black coach. That would never be the situation or circumstance for a black position coach in the NFL, because that's just not happening. Now you have guys like Marvin Lewis. I've been I've been critical of Marvin Lewis in the past, but I don't think Marvin Lewis is a bad coach. Marvin Lewis. You now, if you're a team that's looking. To try to get into the that that's trying to win playoff games and win now and trying to win a Super Bowl now, like the Cowboys, for instance. Okay, I wouldn't hire Mar. I wouldn't hire Marvin Lewis. And and Martin. By the way, there's a report coming out. That, you know, sources and reports coming out that Marvin Lewis was uh, pleased with his interview process with the Cowboys. So I'm not talking about them. This this goes for this goes for anybody, any team, but. A report did come out and say that he was pleased and he, he, he was cool with the way how the interview process went with the head coaching job of the Cowboys. He was pleased with it. Despite despite not getting the job. He was pleased with it. But Marvin Lewis is a good coach. And for years my knock my knock was on my knock on him was he can't get to the playoffs. This guy's this guy I mean this guy can't win the playoffs. He can't win the big games. He can't win big playoff games. He can't win big playoff games. But I look at a guy like Jim Caldwell. Also, I, I, I'm looking at his record. I didn't first I didn't know his record was this I don't want to say good, but this good. I didn't know his record was this good. Jim Caldwell, 
years in Indianapolis, went went 22 and 20, went 26 and 22, 54 win percentage. Detroit had a he had 11 and 5 season with Detroit, a 79 season with Detroit, a nine and two nine and seven season with Detroit. Got fired after the second nine and seven season. Okay. But he doesn't get called up for a job. But on the other hand, we have we have Jim Schwartz getting another, uh, getting another opportunity. How in the hell does Jim Schwartz get another opportunity? How how how, how does he land? How does he land another opportunity? But J, but Jim Caldwell doesn't, and Jim Schwartz is twenty nine and fifty nine as a head coach. But, but, but Jim Caldwell has a better record. He has a better record. He has a way better record. He's sixty-two and fifty as a coach. But Jim Call, but Jim Schwartz gets another opportunity. He gets another opportunity. How is that? Or do we want to talk about King Clipsburg? Like, I had a had a relationship, a prior relationship with Kyler Murray. Okay, I get that. Some people probably won't buy that. Some people probably say baloney. Who cares? He has he has a prior relationship. Who cares? Some people say baloney. But okay, I get it. I get it. But King Clifford, he was he wasn't he was below five hundred in the Big Twelve. He's below five hundred in the Big Twelve. How in the hell does he land an NFL job? How does he land an NFL job? I look at guys like Leslie Frazier. Coach Minnesota for years. Coach Minnesota for years. Leslie Frazier. Coach Minnesota for years. And now the defensive coordinator of the Bills, and we all know how good that, that Bills defense is. He he was out of there. He he won ten games with Christian Ponder, like Christian Ponder. That was his quarterback he had in Minnesota. I, I'm I, but Jim Schwartz lands. He he he. Oh my God, this is bad. This is bad. It, it it's bad. Um. The Rooney, the Rooney rule, it's like it doesn't it doesn't exist. Er, Eric Benini, head offense coordinator of the Chiefs, last two offense coordinators land jobs under uh, under Andy Reid. But for some strange reason, Eric Benini has not been interviewed. Or he hasn't been scheduled for interviews. He hasn't been scheduled for any interviews. You have not been scheduled for interviews. Come on. This is not it. Not effective, not efficient. The Rooney Rule is not effective and not efficient. I come back here on the next segment. We're going to talk about um, some NBA.
Okay, so I want to talk about, I want to jump into the NBA. The NBA, Adam Silver, they came out, they were saying they, they're, they're seriously thinking about reseeding uh, the conference. And doing the you know this, the one through sixteen instead of the eight on eight teams out of the Eastern Conference and eight teams in the Western Conference, um, some teams you know in the coastal areas have a problem with that due to travel reasons. Uh, valid, valid valid point. But my point is, my point is here right here is the NBA is full of young and nice stars. Like the stars are good: Luca, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron. Kyrie, Durant, Curry, Clay, the, the, Paul George. It's a lot of stars. It's a lot of stars. And the, t- the, 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 the product that the NBA gives and put out, it's good. It, it, it's a good product. But it has to be more urgent. The NBA is not that urgent. I mean, some people are not going to start watching NBA until next month after the Super Bowl. But many people have not been watching NBA. And it's not that the product is bad, and it's not that, you know, guys are hurt. It's not, that's not the issue. That's not the problem. The problem is the NBA, it's not, the season is not urgent enough. If I'm the NBA, if I'm Adam Silver, the commissioner, I limit the amount of games. Instead of 82, how about 65? How about 60 games? A 60-game regular season where the games are much urgent, much more urgent, Every uh, just about you know some of these conference games would and will matter if it was a sixty game regular season. That's what I'm up for. I'm up for a sixty game regular season. Cut down that eighty two. It's a lot of games. That's why. That's what's wrong with baseball. That's what's wrong with MLB. It's not necessarily the stars. I mean, the stars are good. They said baseball is way too long. And people have the time. It's summertime. It's nighttime with a bit with, with during night. There's a lot of TV options. You have a lot of subscription uh, platforms like Netflix and Apple TV uh, and Hulu. There, there, you know, so there's other technical tech, technology advances, and there's so many way, There's so many more things to do and stream. Like streaming is a big industry, and that it's that that. There goes some of your there goes some of your viewers right there. There goes some of your ratings right there. Also, the power of the phone. Um, people don't have to look at the games. They can go right to the box score. They can go right they can go right to a social media app and get the scores and highlights and updates on the game. So you have to make the game more urgent. That's why the World Cup is so successful. That's why the NFL season is so successful. That is why. March Madness is so successful. College basketball, it's good. It's fine. But the NBA product is certainly better. But the ratings are so high for March Madness because it's March Madness. It presents urgent. You know, for some reason, sport fans like urgency because players play harder. Teams play harder. Teams play better. It's a lot at stake. Like these NFL games, it's a lot at stake. It is a lot. It'd be a lot at stake. Like you, every other week, there's a different task and obstacle in the NFL and, and in college football. Like in college football, especially, oh my God, when the BCS thing was the BCS polling system was in place. Oh my God, if you lose a, if you lose one conference game, 
You're at if you lose one game, you're out of there. You can't. It's there's no chance of you making the national title game. But with the college football playoff, it's still urgent. But it's so many. It's, it's like the games matter. Conference games matter, and in the NBA, that's just not the case. Conference games just don't matter. I think with so many subscription platforms that are available and now relevant and popular, you have to you have to make the NBA much urgent. Stars not a problem. Kids always buy the always buy the latest sneaker. They always buy the the players' latest sneakers. Uh, a lot of NBA players have they gain a lot of followers and traction. That's not the problem. The stars are not the problem. So, you know, their stars not being attractable or attractive enough or marketable enough, that that's not the problem. Because the kids, like, NBA rate, the stars work. You have a good flux of stars. You have your old veterans like LeBron, who's up there in age, Durant, but still good, Harden. But and then you have your young cats like Luca, Giannis, guys like that, Trey Young. You have so the stars, not a problem. Anthony Davis, not a problem, not a problem. But the urgent, the urgency factor. There has to be an addition, additional urgent factor. Cause somebody like the first month of basketball really doesn't matter. Cause I mean, I look at teams like Portland. Portland has been struggling this year. The Blazers have been struggling. But I think they're like right. I think they're in the eighth spot. Like they're right outside of the eighth spot. So it's teams like that where like the first few months it matters. If you want to, if you, if you like really want to be a one or two seed. But if you're a team that's trying to sneak into the playoffs, like you can play average the first few months and then pick it up. You know, late January going into February and and in in the March break, like it's it it's so many ways. So I think the NBA has to present a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. That is what the NBA is missing. Once they add that factor, I think it'd be fine. I think the league will be just fine. The stars work. The, the you know the you have the TV deals. Teams, you know, there's a lot of. Teams still good. You have some good teams, approachable teams. NBA just need to add the urgent factor. March Madness is urgent. NFL season, 16-week season, it's urgent. World Cup, urgent. Add the urgency factor. College football is urgent. Add the urgency factor. The NBA, it will pay off. It Trust me, it would pay off. And by the way, before I move on, um, <laughs> that Luka Doncic kid, he is really good. Like, he is really good. He's taking the league by storm. I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, but before I leave you guys, I want to just close out one thing. Yes, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and Matt LaFleur, they're 13-3. They, they locked up the two-seed this year. They're going against Seattle um, this upcoming weekend um, in the divisional round. They're going against the Seattle team that, uh, that they should beat, but... Wouldn't surprise. Wouldn't be surprised if anything happens. But this is, and I remember what I said the last episode, guys. Previous episode, I mentioned this is the perfect title run for Aaron Rodgers right now. First, no, no Brady and Belichick in, in AFC. So you have some young quarterbacks 
who have not played on the Super Bowl in, in the Super Bowl yet. So that's one if that's one thing. Uh, but then you look at the NFC. They're playing against the Seattle team, where Seattle. I like Russell Wilson. I like you know I like what they're all about. But they're favorites. Green Bay is their favorites to beat Seattle. And who knows what could happen, uh, you know, in the, in the next round in the AFC Championship. And this is why I think this is the perfect this is the perfect title run and the title chance for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you, you're going against some inexperienced guys, these some inexperienced teams, teams that have not gone as deep as you in the playoffs, and quarterbacks that have not gone as deep as you in the playoffs. Jason, uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have a play; he hasn't played in a playoff game yet. And Kirk Cousins just got his first playoff win this this past weekend. So this is the perfect opportunity, the perfect opportunity to cash in title runs, but. I want to I want to talk about something with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. You know how you know you know how they broke up and you know the, the, the divorce, quote unquote, per se. You know they literally have a divorce, but the divorce where the Packers fired where they fired they fired Mike McCarthy. You know the 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 narrative and the notation about Mike McCarthy and this firing and behind that was he's outdated, dinosaur. Yeah, not relevant. Now, mind you, Mike McCarthy is going to a talented, loaded Dallas Cowboys team. A, a team that has a lot of offensive talent. Got some talent on defense, but a lot of their stars on, are on offense. He, could, he never had an O-line like that in Green Bay. Never had a, a running back like Zeke in Green Bay. So... He's going to a team with a lot of offensive talent and young, and and young. So you know, so for people that say, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers, look at Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers," it turns out that was the right decision. That was the right move. Aaron Rodgers, he got the best out of the separation. Be careful about with saying that because Aaron Rodgers still. You know he still has to win these couple these next couple games, but Mike McCarthy, if he loses this weekend or in the NFC Championship this weekend, with, I mean this upcoming season with Mike McCarthy and this Cowboys team, this young Cowboy team that he have, it could be some, it could be formed into something. It could be formed into something. You know how you know people people thought Westbrook run the he won the he won the few with Durant. We look, we look back at it now. Durant won that. Durant won the beef. He, he, Durant definitely won the beef. Not saying there was beef, but Durant definitely won. Durant cashed in with two titles, two Finals MVPs. Something he was not able to do with Westbrook. We, you know, and Westbrook got the MVP that one year, the first year they were separated, but. After that, Westbrook has gone down. His stock has been trending downward, and also, and also, he's had, he's shooting a career worse, a career low, thirty six percent from the field. So people thought Westbrook won that. No, Durant won that beef. Durant won that beef. Kobe, Shaq. Turns out, you know, Shaq first year in Miami, he wins, he wins the title, but you know. Years down the road, hey, Kobe wins a couple. Kobe wins multiple titles. 
Oscars, after career, after basketball, life is go- is doing well. Kobe won that beef. So when we just be careful, be be careful when you say, "Hey, Mike McCarthy won. He he won that beef. He I mean he lost. He he's outdated. He's a dinosaur. Dinosaur. He's extinct." Be very careful. He has a young cowboy team with a lot of talent on offense. He's an offensive guru. They're certainly going to be better X's and O's. Uh, not sure about the Matt LaFleur and Green Bay thing, Aaron Rodgers. Not sure about it. I mean, they went 13-3, but did you see their schedule? Did you see the quarterbacks that they played? You know, they went 13-3, but numbers, Aaron Rodgers' numbers went down. Offensively, number uh, went down. Third down convert went down. Mike when Mark McCarthy left. Now they went thirteen and three, and they you know they gave uh, Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers a better defense um, than what Mike McCarthy had those last several years. But let's see what the Packers do and Aaron Rodgers do. I told you guys this previous episode. Hey. This is the perfect time. This may be the golden opportunity for Avar to cash in his Super Bowl, his second Super Bowl. Um, now, and, and then lastly, oh, I'm sorry, but then lastly, Josh McDaniels interviewed by the Browns. Uh, I think the Brown. I like Josh McDaniel as far as IQ wise. I like him IQ wise. Uh, I think it's going to take us it, it, uh, this Browns organization, that Browns job. You know, it, you know they got some they got some good talented players in their roster, of course. But you gotta you gotta you gotta come in and reshape the culture with the Browns. You have to retool, reshape the culture. Um, now Josh McDaniels, as far IQ, like it. EQ, uh, not, not I don't know. I'm still questionable about it. I'm still questionable about it. But I don't try, I don't question the IQ. I don't question the X's and O's part of it. But you have to come in, you have to be a certain type of guy to go into Cleveland and try to and try to attempt to shift and change the culture um from the, the opposite direction. I mean, because this is bad. It the culture is bad in, in in Cleveland. So I don't know, but Josh McDaniels, he I heard he's gonna he's gonna get the interview, having the interview today. Um hopefully hopefully the Browns can find them a coach. But without further ado, I'm gone. Adios amigos. Peace. Deuces. See you guys out. Um, remember, two choices, one decision. Two choices, one decision. You guys could have been anywhere else listening, watching anything else, doing anything else. You guys came here and chose to listen to me. Thank you for that. Um, peace. Adios. I see you guys. I'm out.